Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheelers, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Boom. Nailed it. I barely read that. I'm going to say I'm starting to have it memorized, which is scary. Nice. It's very scary. Also, um, I saw the best ad today. I was driving home from Columbus, Ohio, and there was an ad and it said man problems and it had a banana being peeled. And it made me think that I'm going to get a photo of a peeled banana and an unpeeled banana and throw that manscaped two guys 20 uh, promo code under it. That's my next one. The giraffe one went well. I think people enjoyed it. So gentlemen, do yourself a favor. Ladies, do yourself a favor. Get your guy a Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Goddamn thing has a flashlight on it. Uh, two guys, 20. Save 20%. Uh, did you guys get yours yet? Does yours come in? Mine has not yet, but I am familiar with their product. I got their box. It's pretty fancy. There's a lot <laughs> of stuff in there, so uh, it's pretty Ooh. fancy. Yeah. Um, and it says your balls will thank you. So um, hopefully we can provide someone, a listener, that uh, opportunity to have that. Yeah, I, we're me. definitely going to do some, we're going to do some Manscaped giveaways. Don't worry, that's going to happen. Uh, Senior Bowl meetups, guys, getting really, really close. Uh, I'm excited. Two weeks out, uh, we will be in Mobile, Alabama. Tuesday and Wednesday night of Senior Bowl week, we will be at Draft Picks Tap Room at 7.30 p.m. for a little Boulevard takeover. We'll have Tank 7 uh, cans. We'll have Boulevard unfiltered wheat cans, and we'll have some sweet swag. So make sure you stop by Draft Picks Tap Room again. We've been doing this for a long time, guys. We're going to socially distance. If you don't feel well, don't come. And I mean, if you have the sniffles, stay home. We're not going to risk this. Let's be smart and, and have fun and, and be responsible. I'm, I'm very excited, though. Uh, it feels like we've been stuck at home for a year because we have been. And this is a chance to try to get back out there a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. Always love getting back to Mobile anytime we can. And usually every January it happens. Yep, there it is. And we still need a hashtag. We've had some good ideas out there. There was a hashtag mail bag, M-A-L-E bag. I think they're trying to get that Manscaped sponsorship. That was I a fair one earlier line. today. Uh, the paging two guys. With the I actually like that one the best. That was good. A lot of good. So still looking for that Q&A hashtag. Send those answers in. This also a great opportunity. Just go ahead and click that five star on Apple Podcast and leave your hashtag idea in the comments. And I'm going to throw it out there now. Uh, if we, if you give us the idea and we pick yours, I'm going to make sure you get some Boulevard t-shirts. I'm going to make sure you get the new Manscaped lawnmower and um, a Mid-America RV hat. So you're just going to get a two guys and girls swag an RV. box. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> what cinnamon RV? Uh, you want a new we'll RV. Make sure you, we'll make sure you get uh, loaded up with all our fantastic sponsors. If we pick your hashtag. Should you do like a Price is Right show? Yeah. A showcase. That's what I was just saying. Showcase dun, showdown. Dun, 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 dun. You've won. Oh, Come man. on down. Fucking wheel to ding, 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 ding. <laughs> National championship is tonight. We're going to talk to Adam Kramer, the best damn football writer in America, about the natty, about lawn mowing. We should have talked to him about Manscaped. Perfect segue. Uh, we're going to talk to him about how many beers, and it's going to be a great one. So stick around for that. And then uh, to end the show, we're going to give you our national championship preview. Uh, but guys, this start with some NFL draft news and notes. The NFL combine is in limbo, something that Mello and I, we've been talking a lot about on our radio show, mic'd up uh, here in Joplin, two to four every day. And we, we saw this news coming. Adam Schefter tweeted Sunday morning, the combine is questionable on the injury report. I will tell you guys that as I was uh, on the road Sunday, I spoke to a lot of trainers, spoke to a lot of agents, uh, spoke to a lot of team personnel. And I can tell you that no one has travel booked for Indianapolis. Not one team personnel Yikes. I've spoken to has travel booked Indianapolis. I'm not trying to break news. That's not my job right now. But I can tell you after having conversations with 20 people-ish on Sunday, not one person thought the NFL Combine would happen. So not to be the bearer of bad news, I don't think the Combine happens. I do believe they'll have players come in for medicals, but team personnel are not expected to be there. I think what we will see, pro days are going to happen, and we're going to see these training facilities like Exos, like all the others, uh, they're going to put up. They're going to have combines, basically. And so that's where we're going to see the team personnel pop up. How important did the Senior Bowl just become? If you're a right. player and your agent has pulled you out of the Senior Bowl, you should fire that agent right now and get a new one and call Jim Nagy and apologize and say, please hold my spot. It might be the only shot you have 
to do something really like athletically to impress scouts in the next four months. I mean, honestly, I, I think the only guy who shouldn't be trying to get to Mobile is Trevor Lawrence. Other than that, like I, I will assume he is going to be the number one pick regardless of anything that happens this offseason. But you're right. Like, other than Mobile, we might not have very many showcases for some of these players. Uh, so it's going to be a huge spot for them. Uh, it sucks to see. Like, I love the combine. I love watching the drills. But you also kind of understand why they can't do it this year. Yeah. I'm curious if who you guys think like the biggest loser is for not having it. Like, do you think it's teams and not being able to talk to guys or because I mean, we always talk about like how much do those numbers really matter? You know what I mean? And how do they really actually like translate onto the field? Um, But I'm curious who you think like loses out the most. Uh, The networks that they lose out the most because that is, I mean, that's the jumping off point yeah. and it's how they introduce the general public to the draft audience, mm-hmm. you know? So it really is. And and I have a ton of friends who work at those networks. I know you guys do too, but you know, I feel badly for those guys at ESPN and NFL network because that's a week of, of content and programming that you've sold. And so I'm curious to see how they will cover that, you know? And I, I think that's probably why this hasn't been announced yet. They're working through contingencies, trying to figure things out. So I think they lose out the most. I think teams are going to be okay. You'll still get your face time. And I actually believe that the combine is incredibly overrated when it comes to draft evaluation. And like GMs are all human being. They're just like the three of us and everybody listening here. They are prone to bias and to recency and to excitement. When you take away a guy running really fast in his underwear or bench pressing a lot in his underwear and like, oh yeah, was he good at football? Okay, cool. He's, yep, he was good at football. Let's do that. Yeah, that's where I think like some of these biggest losers might be the players. We see so many guys who can really not even play football that well, but damn it, they're fast and they explode at the combine. So it's it's going to suck for those players that don't you know, get that. A guy like Rondale Moore, Paige, who I know we've talked a lot about, superb athlete, right? But yeah, really it hasn't like this year there was a, a small little flash. A guy like that where there is injury concern and you haven't done a whole lot in the last two years. This could be big for a player like Rondale Moore, you know, where what you're known for, your speed, your agility, you want a chance to go showcase that. When you don't have that showcase, it could hurt your stock. You know, like um, the, the kid from Penn State last year, KJ Hamler. And he fell to the second, I believe, second round. A lot of people thought combine time, he could be a first rounder. Instead, it's Jalen Rager who had that opportunity to show off a little bit. So I, medicals, I think those are the players. Medicals, medicals are going to be huge too, because a lot of players get flagged for medicals at the combine or they get cleared on like, oh, okay, yeah, he's fine there. Uh, no worry. So, I mean, I don't know how teams are going to do that. Like, you sending them to a local doctor to be like, hey, check them out. So, I still hospitals I, are going to be like, fuck you. We have COVID right. to deal with. Like, go do I your think that will else. still happen. I, I do think that they'll still get players there sparsed out, right? To where, like, okay, quarterbacks are coming in Monday. You think running backs Wednesday or, or something like that, where they try to still get those because you have to have that. That's too yeah, important. It's maybe. <laughs> I mean, but at the right. same time, if you're bringing players there, in February, you might as well have them do the exercises too if you're going to have them do the medical. I had, I had an agent say that to me today. He's like, it seems like the combine would be the thing you would want to happen because everybody, you get everybody together. So you almost do like the, NF, uh, the NBA bubble, mm-hmm. but it's just getting yeah. everyone on board with that. And these players right now, they're not part of a union. You can't force them to do things. Yeah. So it's like you have to get the 1,000 agents who represent these players to all agree to something and pay for it. Like, that's hard to do. Yeah, well, and also like we they've just come out of college football where they've been doing this except being tested for like yep. weeks on ends, multiple times a week, having to deal with change in schedule, all things like that. So I think some of them are probably really fed up with that and are like, eh, I don't really need to do it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of people who are fed up, Deshaun Watson, still not happy. Uh, the report, the tweet I saw today that I loved was that when they traded DeAndre Hopkins, he was at a two on the pissed off meter. When it's they like the doctor's office right, thing, like where's right, your frowny yeah, face? Uh, that one. When they didn't hire or even talk to Eric Bieniemy, when they ignored the the search firm, they paid hundreds of thousand dollars to a search firm that said we should hire Omar Khan, Pittsburgh Steelers. No, we're gonna hire the pastor's best friend, and they hire Nick Casario. Reportedly, Watson's at a ten. His his pain face all the way. Uh, mm-hmm. His piss would be yellow if he played for Tom Herman. That's how upset he is. So he uh, they have a lot of work to do. Uh, whomever the new head coach is going to be is going to have to appeal to Deshaun, try to fix this. I I don't know Nick Casario personally. Everything I've heard about him is phenomenal, though. Like he's a great guy. He's a great communicator. He he could probably fix this. Right. It's just now getting that opportunity. I know Cal McNair, the owner, said we reached out to Deshaun. We haven't heard back. 
Might be too late. Still waiting. Might be too late, yeah. guys. Yeah. I mean, it's like a breakup. You ain't texting you back, buddy. Right. Sorry about you. Yeah, I love it. Them. Sean's ghosting the tech. Yeah. Right? Not that I like have anything against the Houston Texans, but I do want to see a superstar player get traded. I want to see how many picks it goes for. I do want to see, you know, like Tua, I love you. I want to see Deshaun in the Miami Dolphins uniform. I think that could be one hell of a team. And they won no. 10 games this year with uh, Fitzpatrick and a rookie quarterback. What are they going to do with a top five quarterback? That could be a uh, damn good team there. And then they could still address, you know, some receiver and running back options there. So I'm here for it. I feel bad for Deshaun. I, I hope they get this situation laid out. But for me personally, yeah, I hope he gets traded. But also like think about being Deshaun and saying how many people want you. Like now, like that is so every very, fan very right. every fan base wants you. So wherever he goes, he's going to be heralded. And the second is, it's just the best that he's like in some tropical place with his girlfriend, just like living his best life right now. I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram, but I do. And do. he literally could give zero fucks. And it's amazing. Yeah. I actually think he has the best agent in football right now, David Mulligetta. And so I think it's, I think it's being handled as well as it needs to be handled. But I do like the move of like, I'm a tropical island, can't answer your phone, Cal McNair. <laughs> Didn't, who was it? like, Zeke did this too? When yeah, he Cabo. His contract. Like, oh, Cabo. sorry, no service down here. Like, you're not paying for that international plan. Right? Get out of here. I mean, you don't have to pay for it anymore. <laughs> it's just like $10 no, it a just day happens. travel internationally. And there's yeah, Wi-Fi just, everywhere. You don't but have to also, call anymore. Yeah, and also J.J. Watts in Hawaii with his wife. So I'm thinking that they are not having any con- I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if J.J. was equally as pissed, so... Probably so. I do feel like sometimes you make your bed and now you have to lie in it. And that's what the Houston Texans have done. So I think that's what's going to happen here. It's just that they've upset this guy and it's too late. Like you can't fix that now. So uh, we'll see what happens. I don't think he'll be traded because I, I think they want him. But I, I'm with Mello. Like, I really hope we see Carson Wentz traded this offseason. I hope we see Deshaun Watson traded this offseason because it's good content. Well, in the NFL offseason, like I know it's like, oh, it's the NFL. It's so boring sometimes. I want to see the marquee players get traded. I, I want to see J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I want to see some moves happening. Like, the NBA offseason yes. steals the show, like, usually every summer. But I, I want to see more shakeup with these NFL teams, not just like, oh, here's this fourth-round pick, and we're not going to resign him. Right. Here, go play on some other team. Or here's this veteran that we've had for 10 years, now you can overpay him because he's 33 years old. So I, I want to see these guys who are you know, 25 years old. Get a move. The one thing I did say on Twitter today, and it's something I know I said to you on, on our radio show, is that Nick Casario did love Tua. And I'm not sitting here saying that oh, Tua is on the block or anything like that. I'm just saying that if Deshaun forces his way out, the Dolphins have the capital because the new GM of the Houston Texans liked Tua. And you do have the picks to make it happen if they want to. Does that That's feel, all I'm saying. Does that feel like the only logical landing spot for him? It absolutely does for That's me because even like I would, y'all know, I want him to be a 49er. <laughs> Why aren't you putting you it out there then, Matt? Can't no, because it's not logical. Like, what are you going to trade? What are you going to trade? Jimmy Garoppolo? Nobody wants his broke ass. Like the 12th overall pick. Come on. That's not, you can't, they don't yeah, because, have that. Well, because then the dolphins are going to show off me. Like, oh, okay. You have Garoppolo and a 12th. Yeah. Here's two and a third. Right. Yeah, here's Tua and pick three. Or the Jets you can are have your pick like, back. You can have two and broke-ass Sam Darnold. Two Sam Darnold and like 27 or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, I, I just think I want him to be a Niner page. People were tweeting that photo of him in a Joe Montana jersey, and I'm like, let's fucking go. Look good. It's not going to happen. Look good. It did look good. Everybody looks good in a Joe Montana jersey. Steve Young would look good in a Joe Montana <laughs> jersey, right? We should make that happen. Uh, Photoshop skills, right? Yeah. Uh, Taylor Heineke shocks the world. I love the overreaction to backup quarterbacks. Okay, he played well. He played well. Let's give him that. But Tony Dungy was ready to put this man in Canton during that game. It was over the top. Like it was absurd. It was like when you start dating a girl that you probably like shouldn't, and you're trying to tell her your friends about her, and you're like, no, no, no. Like she's great. Like look, she's doing this, and like you're not supposed to be able to do that when you're backup. And it's like. Okay, he's still a backup quarterback, and there's a reason for it. So congratulations, Taylor Heineke. He showed a ton of toughness, ton of moxie, all the you know moxie. short white backup quarterback things. I've uh, never seen a quarterback sacrifice their body, though, the way that he did when he dove for that touchdown. Yeah, That is true. He just completely 
careless. Like I might break my neck, but there's Don't a pylon and I'm going to get there. He I love that. To watch him. I love that. But I saw a lot of people be like, Ooh, Oh, the yeah. jet should trade for Taylor. Exactly. Here. Or does, does Washington have their quarterback next year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If Alex Smith comes back. <laughs> so yeah. that's the only thing about Twitter during a game. Everybody's got to pump the brakes like so hard. Actually stomp on them. 2021 is the year Just, of overreaction. Everybody gets- saying it. All year long, like Heineke looked good, and I think he earned him spot a spot on some roster next year. But I don't think any teams like I saw him compared to Matt Flynn, and they're like, "Oh, somebody's going to pay for this dude." Like, not to be a starter, like he might get a good contract. Like, he's not going to get Marcus Mariota's contract, you know, where no. it's two year getting paid eight million. He's not getting uh, he might get Cam Newton's Daniel, contract, right? But like, <laughs> he'll get something, and I'm happy for him. There's he's got a live him. arm. I'll say that about the kid. And, and watching him run around. It seems like maybe when the game slows down a little bit for him and you're getting like your first playoff start, it's a huge deal. Maybe when the game slows down for him a little bit, I think he yeah. could be something. But let's not forget this guy that was playing in like the what the XFL yeah. last year. Yeah. So the NFL will find you if you have talent. I just got a, a DM and I looked down at my phone because it buzzed in my hand and it's weird. And it's uh, so Tom Brady. This is off the rails. I'm sorry, guys. Tom Brady and Drew Brees will play again next weekend in the playoffs because those, that's the way seating works. Someone sent it to me with a headline that said the MAGA Bowl. Oh, ouch. Oh, not good. Not It's funny, but it's not good. You know, because Tom Brady oh, I know. endorsed I Trump. Yep. Drew Brees did the whole thing this summer. So anyway, yeah, moving that. on, <laughs> moving on. I don't, this isn't the best transition we've ever had in our lives, but the Buffalo Bills won their first playoff game since 1995, I believe it was a long ass time. Maybe it was, yeah, I think it was 95. And it was cool to just see people like Jim Kelly, you know, to see all the, the emotion around it. You guys know I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. So that was really cool. Our own Paige Kuhn got so excited. She's ready to jump through a table, Bills Mafia style. Now, Paige, number one, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, this is going to happen. I don't, I will come to California. Yeah. This Because I happen. text you guys saying if they do win. And then I was like, maybe I should put more on this than just them winning right. the Super Bowl. Yeah, because I think there's a very good chance that this happens. Uh, what should the wager be to get Paige to not only jump through a folding table, I need that thing lit on fire. Uh, that's You got to go full Bills Mafia. We can get an RV from Mid-America RV. You can jump off of it. Yeah, the game day trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, ha- I sort of have to do it because I, I tweeted that I was joining Bill's Mafia for the playoffs and I asked. I was like, does it have to be a certain type of table? Like, do they do it any table? Does it need to be the ones that are like out I there that break in the middle? <laughs> um, Can we get one from like 1980? That's like pretty loose. Loose. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is cardboard. Right. I don't know if you guys saw there was like that family that like dropped the kid yeah. through the table, the like fake table and cake. <laughs> Damn near body slammed that kid right. through there. Yeah, DFS on him. Right. So. Um, I, I didn't realize that it would cause such a stir, but so many people were like, you should do it. It'd be so funny for the pod. So now here we are. So tell us what be. else you think should go into this uh, wager for me to jump through a table, right. not just How them about, winning. Do we think Paige can actually make it through? That's what I think you're bouncing. You're not real big. I think you bounce. <laughs> you might I mean, have I put to put on a little holiday weight, elbow so. through that, thing. right? Go I'm gonna have first. like I'm gonna have like Pat like you know the kids like that go like rollerblade yeah like rollerblading <laughs> for the first time like someone my helmet I'm definitely wearing a helmet and like maybe a, maybe maybe the Justin Fields like wrap around like to protect my rib the area. Drew Brees flak jacket <laughs> yeah look like that kid from Little Giants and all the bubble wrap and <laughs> right. everything right and then yeah. I'm gonna have to toss you like that family <laughs> right. did the baby yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you teach a newborn to swim you know and you throw them in the pool just, here you go. Right about it, though, I do think I would love for our fans to let us know uh, our listeners at two guys, a girl pod on Twitter. What should the wager be? I don't know. Uh, side note, the tattoo of the guy who got the it's like the bill outline, it's a, no. but it's a wing oh, the and a wing. celery yes. going into it. That tattoo. I'm not a Bills fan. I kind of want one. That's it's a, yeah. amazing. You know, there used to be like that Josh Allen tattoo I was supposed to get. And I, I said, like, maybe this one is it because that one is glorious as the right. celery has like ranch coming out of it. It's absolutely disgusting. Ranch. But if you're a Bills fan. Yeah, you should. Uh, blue cheese. Right here. <laughs> Thank you. That's blue cheese. What? Yeah. Absolutely. What are Mello's you doing? a ranch guy? I don't, I don't well, eat blue cheese. I mean, I love ranch, but I blue cheese is far superior. <laughs> Noted. We I are know. the same person. I'm over <laughs> Yeah, right. Another way yeah. we're the well, same. Do you? You're a honey mustard guy too, right? Is that you? I knew honey mustard. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, I'll tell um, you what I don't do. That's mustard, regular mustard. Yellow mustard. 
I love it. Like it's I okay. could eat it by itself. Like I love mustard that much. We are the same person. Wow. <laughs> Homie dips his French fries in it. Yes. Oh my yep. God. You two are freaking crazy. <laughs> we can't sit by each other in mobile. Mel will just be like, nope. Like I'm not like anti-mustard, but I'm not like you said the only thing you wouldn't either. eat is mustard. So that seems pretty anti-mustard to me. Anti-mustard. No, like I'll I'll eat it on a sandwich and, and stuff like that or a cheeseburger, whatever, but it's not like something I'm making sure there's mustard around for me. I'm you know sick. what? Uh, you're missing out. You know what the best thing is with mustard? A corn dog. Hot pretzel. Corn dog. Uh, close. Soft pretzel and some stone ground mustard is my shit. That's amazing. Like last meal. That's you're losing one. me on this. I don't okay, know. let's move on then. Uh, have we seen the last of Philip Rivers? The Colts lost to the Bills. Phil didn't look terrible. 27 to 46, 309 tutties or yards. No, that'd be a record and two touchdowns. He did look good. I will give Philip Rivers credit. I'm not his biggest fan. I thought that he played very, very well in this game. Just not well enough. It did a great job of going away from Tredavious White, by the way. Good game plan. I do think we've probably seen the last. This is a guy. He has nine children. He just wants to go home and like coach high school football and spend time with his kids. It always felt like the indie thing was just one year anyway. Mm -hmm. Anything's possible. I think he played well enough to if he wants to come back, they they should want him back. But I, I could also see this just being the end for him. Yeah, I mean, he was on like a what one year, $20 million contract. Yeah, he's not getting that next year. I'll tell you that. Uh, I thought it was always a given that this was a one and done for Papa Phil. But uh, I guess maybe he's considering. I don't know if you saw the postgame interview, but the dude was damn near breaking down. Like, I, I think that it is in his mind that like this was it. I'm retiring. And now maybe he's going to consider coming back. Not that like, oh, I was always considering coming back. But now I have to mull retirement. Uh, he has things lined out already. So, yeah, a great career. One of my favorite quarterbacks that I've watched at least their entire career of it's crazy to see guys that I remember being drafted or going through the senior bowl. Now they're retiring. Feel old. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, pretty poetic to see him end that game on like a Hail, long Hail Mary attempt. Um, but I, I think he should retire, but I do think you're right, Mello. I do think there's a part of him that is just like, maybe we'll listen to what anyone is saying just to see. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it should be it for him just cause it, you go out on a good note. Like it could get ugly from here. Kind of, you don't want a Peyton Manning situation exactly. where your arm has literally fallen off. Not literally. That'd be crazy. Uh, Paige, would you like to gloat about the Los Angeles Rams? Yes. I was so excited. I really did not expect that. So I literally, I watched like the first part of the game and I was like, all right. And I got on the Peloton and I come back out and I'm like, Whoa, this is really Whoa. happening. This is really <laughs> happening. I had hey, I had to get in that workout. Okay, it was a long day of football. I had to move. I sat on the couch for most of the day. Um, but I was shocked and also like, did you guys see the picture of Goff's fingers? Like when he did like the two thumbs up oh, yeah. on the sideline. Yes. Where, like, the one is like, like yeah. I know I was like, oh, that was the saddest thing Put it ever. Down, bud. <laughs> yeah, right. So, stop, stop. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy they they made it work. And like I said, I never root for the Seahawks. So um, yeah, I'm just gonna keep on that train. I don't think they win again, but hey, you never know. The Rams defense, I I know they're good. Like we know they're yep. good. They're better than we think they are, to be honest. And like they've got this young dude, Darius Williams, who's just bawling out every week. It's like, oh, that Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Uh, also, this a little unknown corner over here is unstoppable right now. So they are very impressive. Still hate the uniforms, but that team is good. And I, I like that Goff came in. I think he is still at a point in his career where there are a lot of doubters, even though mm-hmm. he's had some success. I think Sean McVay gets way too much credit for a lot of that success. But that type of toughness, even though it might not matter to him, is going to go a long way with his reputation of being like kind of a soft California boy. Like, oh, no, like that thumb looked terrible. And he came in and, and made the plays that he had to make. Yeah. It, I mean, it'll play very well in the locker room, too, to have him come yeah. in on that short notice and, and take over the game. Uh, I, I still can't believe how good this defense is. And they're really they're not getting any credit. I still think that there's a large portion of like football fans who think, oh, the Rams, it's their high power offense. That's why they keep winning all credit should go to that defense because they were playing lights out. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely are. Uh, there was a game on Sunday on Nickelodeon. I, even though I have a seven-year-old boy, did not watch the game uh, on Nickelodeon. Uh, did catch some coverage from Twitter. It was cute. Like, I, I think I saw some quotes. Nate Burleson did a great job explaining the game to maybe, you know, new young fans. Um, otherwise, a little over the top for me. It's not something I would, I'm going to have my kid watch, but by all means, like have your kid watch it. I just, I'm kind of a thief of joy. I can't, I, 
I, I don't like things like this. It's like you're going to eventually watch real football. Just watch real football. You know, I watched some of it. I didn't have my daughters watch it. They wouldn't be interested. Well, I don't know. Maybe they would have been. Uh, I think it's a really cool idea what they're doing, but they definitely have some wrinkles to iron out because like, football happens so fast and they're trying to explain these things to essentially children. I guess that's who their target audience was. Well, the game just moves too fast. And yeah. so I think that maybe starting next year, it could be something where you see simulcast games where, yeah, you have your CBS Tony Romo game, but also here's, here it is on Nickelodeon and we'll get some stuff ironed out. Some of the graphics were kind of cool, but they also kind of got over the top. They had the field goal where SpongeBob popped up and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> um, I wasn't ready for that. And the, like I said, with like the commentators, like know your audience. Like, who are you actually targeting this to? Because right? it felt like sometimes they were talking to adults and like making references about some of these old shows, which is cool. But like, what are you trying to do? What's your, what's your goal here? Are we teaching young kids about football or are we entertaining uh, this nostalgic adults? Yeah. And that's what my take is. Um, How much did Nickelodeon pay for this is what I want to know. Cause that's what it felt like. Well, whatever it was, I'll tell you, it was low because a lot of people watched it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the part that's cool is that this is probably for kids whose parents don't really watch a lot of sports. Um, and it's introducing them to football at like at, on a place where they're probably usually watching things. Um, and so um, I thought it was cool because of that, because you kind of get fans at the early stages of mm -hmm. things um, and establish that. But I they did talk about the like Lamar Jackson bathroom thing and talked about like, what do you do? Like, because one of the people on it was a Nickelodeon star and they were like, what do you do if you have to go to the bathroom during a scene? And she was like, same thing. You hold it until you can go. So like there was parts of it that were really funny. Um, I hope they continue to do it because I think it's super entertaining. I also think the like Twitter memes coming off of it was just so funny. Um, but yeah, no, I, I loved it and thought it was really cool. My idea for it would be like, you don't have to show every play to these kids. Maybe like if something happens and there's a penalty and you need to take a little bit of extra time and explain what's going on, maybe do that. And then, you know, that Catch penalty up. happens on first down, jump back into third down. You know, even say like, oh, like a red zone for kids. Right. Like you do something. But it is cool. I, I do. I, I think we'll see a lot more games on Nickelodeon. More Was football Nick fans is a good thing for all of us. Yeah. Did so. did you guys watch Nickelodeon or is that like two? We were poor growing up. Didn't have it. Yeah. It just depended on if we had cable that month. Yeah. OK. I was just right. curious if you had like a favorite right. show. The just brutal honesty of that. Also, we I was not a TV watcher growing up at all. Like I was always outside playing like always. So. No. This is going to come as a shock TV. to you guys, but I loved TV and movies when I was a kid because um, I have always wanted to be in front of the camera. And so for me, <laughs> that was like, I loved watching those things because I wanted well, to be in it. Your, so. like, what was your Nickelodeon show? Um, Drake and Josh was a big one. That's why I love the the meme, the Megan, the little sister. Um, that's how they always say her name. So that was a sick <laughs> yeah. ref. Um, but and then there was just a ton like Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. I was, I'm a really quirky person, so I love mm. the really quirky. I remember Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's about all. That's I got. all I got. And like Ren and Stimpy. Was that Nickelodeon? Well, I don't know. I, I remember that. Yeah. Could have been like Cartoon Network. Have you guys ever seen an episode of Drake and Josh? Because you guys are like the football version of Drake and Josh, just ends up because <laughs> they're brothers. They're not biological. I don't, know, not how biological I don't know how to take this. Statement. I know what they look like. So if you put like a meme up there, I would know who they are. I don't. Is this I am, an insult? I have or? no idea. No, it's not an insult. But like now that I think <laughs> I about it, like I didn't even think about that before the show. And I'm like, you guys could definitely. They're both really good looking and funny. Yes, exactly. They end up super rich and like with the hottest significant others and all that stuff. So congrats. I kind of see it. <laughs> yeah. To start swooping your hair over. But yeah, I don't think it will anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think that ship has sailed. Uh, last thing before we get with our guy, Adam Kramer. Paige wants to talk about Steph Curry. Uh, okay. I do enjoy this. I do enjoy this that, that a lot of people were freaking out about, oh, Steph's washed. He's not good anymore. And then he goes off for 62. So I do enjoy that. Uh, I'm not, you guys know, not the biggest basketball fan. I do really like Steph Curry. I, I think what he's done in the basketball is fantastic. Uh, I think he's made it more approachable for guys who aren't six foot 10 
and people who can't just throw down dunks like crazy. Um, but yeah, Steph is quieting the doubters, which is always fun, even though he did only score 13 points the other day. Yeah, I know we don't talk NBA a lot on this podcast, but um, it's something that I still uh, watch and I know Melo is a big fan of. Um, and we also mentioned it like because he went off for 62 or 63 the night that we 62. recorded um, and Mello had made a reference like we were like, oh, people have been so disrespectful to Steph. And then right after that, he went off. So he goes off. Yeah. And I, I'm the other thing that I just wanted to discuss is like, I don't think we've ever seen because we talked a little bit about this with Tom Brady and like we've seen it with Kobe and Michael with like the last dance, like those guys take stuff and they like they get offended by a lot of things. And I don't think Steph is that guy, but he's like very aware, but does it in like the most respectful manner and the most like, like he lets his play talk and like, he doesn't do a lot of the talking and like, he'll say stuff, but it's very like mellow. And I, I did not, um, like I talk a lot of shit about that. What? Me and Steph Curry are one in the same. Mellow. I meant like mellow in general, not mellow the person, but all the time. Hey, your brother's really (laughs) famous. Right. And I was like, I'm not one of the Curry brothers. <laughs> I get it. Like, it's just, it's fine. Move on. But I've, I've just, I don't think we've ever seen someone that is this good be the way that he is in terms of mentality. Like that's, yeah, he's that's laid back and, and down to earth. Like you're not going to rattle him. Like if you were building a quarterback, you'd want Steph Curry's mentality. Like, the, oh, okay. I heard you say it. Now I'm just going to quietly handle my business. Like the silent assassin. Like, I'm just going to come yes. out here and do what I have to do. Uh, I've come full circle on him too. Like when he was a rookie and he was coming up, I loved him. I loved how he was changing the game and shooting threes. And then I felt like with Kevin Durant, like I stopped liking him for a little bit. It's like, yeah, guy's getting a little cocky. I liked him when he was humble. And I feel like he's coming back to that. Like he's humble, but he's also like, he'll do some shit. Like he'll still chuck up a three and then turn his back and be like, I know that fucker went in back there. I love that. I'm back on defense. So I love that. I love things like that. Yeah. like He does it. Yeah, he does it like at the right moments, so though. He doesn't do it all the time. It's just he yep. picks his moments when he does that. And like I know some people a few years ago would like get mad that he would chew on his mouth guard and that was like disrespectful yeah. or the whatever. Time he threw it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, and also like I think I'm with you, Melo. I think I came full circle on him because I did love him. And then Kevin Durant made you almost like not, and I'm not the yeah. biggest Draymond Green fan. I think it made me come full circle on the Warriors and be like, okay, I, I do really like Steph and I I want you know, kids watching the NBA to have him as their role model too. Like I know we talk about LeBron a lot and Michael a lot and Kobe, but like this guy's a different, he's the same, but he's a different breed. If that makes sense. He's the same, but he's different. I'll I actually you, really like Kevin Durant. I love Clay Thompson. Like if we're talking. About <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, we all can agree I that Clay Thompson's the best, Clay right? I, I think he's so underrated and like underappreciated. Underappreciated that term, for sure. I feel like a lot, but what he's able to do on defense, and I, I hate that he's not out there though. And like the time he dropped like 60 points, he dribbled the ball like 11 times that game. Uh, absolutely amazing. I, I hope he comes back healthy soon. Yeah. All right. There's our basketball talk. <laughs> yeah, that's all we got for our football our show. Obligatory basketball talk. <laughs> We've got and a little now, bit in there. Back to football. Uh, stay tuned real quick. We're not going anywhere. Adam Kramer is going to join us next, and then we'll close it out with our college football national championship picks. We'll be right back. Be right back. Goodness. All right. One of our favorite people in the entire world, a man who we have drank so many beers with uh, over the past couple of years and a person whose articles I've spent so many hours reading. Adam Kramer, for my money, the best college football writer in this entire damn country. Adam, thank you for making some time for us on the eve of the college football national championship. Yeah, I appreciate it. These are like my favorite people here. So, uh, and, and by the way, Matt, like you've helped in a lot of those articles too. So much love. Read them, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought you were going there. I spent thousands of hours just writing these things for him. Uh, but no, uh, love, love connecting with you guys. Hope all is well. Yeah, no, super excited to have you here. Cause obviously for those that don't know, I work with Adam um, on a regular basis um, and I am his editor. So we ca- talk about uh, story ideas all the time and, and are constantly in contact over what's going on in college football. Um, but first and foremost, I wanted to give you credit for Devontae Smith winning the Heisman because I know you started that Twitter train, but how does that feel to have put that out there early and had it happen? 
Well, here's the funny thing. The Heisman, uh, this isn't going to get me a Heisman vote. They're so bad at marketing their award, right? You can't talk about this if you have a vote. And there's like a thousand people who have a vote. All of this is incredibly stupid. So for a while, it's like I'm just yelling into a hallway, like an echo chamber, like, hey, this dude should probably win. And people who actually influence it can't say anything. So I... You know, it was kind of fun and it started like, you know, you're just watching this guy, you know, week in, week out, just do ridiculous things. And I think also it's amazing because physically he's just not, you know, you look at like a Kyle Pitts, you look at his teammate Jalen Waddle guys that like physically jump off the charts. And, and Matt, I know you know this better than pretty much anybody on this planet, but like it was cool to watch this skinny dude that's had this amazing career just like completely wreck everything in his path. And then it was fun to see it kind of catch on. And it became this trend. And I, it's encouraging for me more than all. A, I'm happy for Devontae Smith because he's a great dude. And it's, it's a life-changing moment, obviously. And then I hope this thing stays. I mean, look, I love chaos. I, I thought he was deserving. But I also think we need to stop making this a quarterback award. Yes. Um, we need to invite some other people. And so I, I hope this is a moment. And then if you look at, like, the future odds for next year's Heisman, though, you realize, oh, yeah. Like it's, it probably is going to be a quarterback again. So I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. I think we're all enjoying it. And it's cool to see that he won without much discussion or controversy. People embraced it. And I thought that was the best of all. And you talk about some of the features that you've written. One of my favorite ones was about the Alabama receivers and how they were historically great. I think that even with Devonta Smith this year, it just goes to prove that even more so. And now we're seeing guys like John Mechie come up too. Like uh, you, I mean, you were early on on it though. Well, what's funny, Devonte, I don't think he liked because I'm asking him about, you know, this is prior to last year and you're talking Henry Ruggs, you're talking Jerry Judy, and he was known for one catch and it was a really big catch, <laughs> right, it was. one of the biggest of catches. And he could tell he was genuinely kind of pissed about that and like was was dead set on being defined as more than just a catch guy. And then you talk to the other wide receivers and you talk to Tua and they were like, Smitty's our guy. Like Smitty's our guy, like that's the guy. And so I it is incredible, by the way, to see this group, you know, Judy now, Ruggs, and they'll get it going, I would imagine. And then Waddle and Smith, it's it's kind of funny to think that this year's duo is probably at this point, maybe better or is better than the guys we saw last year. But just the collection of talent, how different they are, like this has been an incredible ride. And and for my money, and I know this surfaced the last couple of weeks, it's like, is this the greatest? group of wide receivers the sport has ever seen. Like, I don't think there's any doubt right now. And I guess ultimately NFL success will probably dictate it. But as we stand here today, it's, it's just marvelous. No, it absolutely is. And the only other person who was maybe more hyped this year than Devontae Smith was Zach Wilson. And I know, like I said, you cover the sport for Bleacher Report better than anyone or as well as anyone. I don't piss anyone off. But I haven't had a chance to ask you. Uh, there's been all the hashtags, the Mormon Mahomes, the Mormon Manziel, you know, just Zach Wilson. I went from thinking like, oh, this punk kid to being like, God damn, he's really good. And I know you shouldn't say that about a kid at BYU, but uh, the, the goddamn part, the really good. <laughs> no, song. it's but it's appropriate. where do you come down on Zach Wilson? Because you're looking at it from a different angle than than I do. And like Melo's kind of in the middle of, of you and I, but you're looking at it from a, a storyline and you're getting to know the, them as people as well as you are a player. Where are you at on Zach Wilson? Well, also now I'm looking at him as a Jets fan, right? So yeah, he's graduated. Cool, right? and, and so now I've got my, I'm going to try and get my, my Matt Miller on and get my scouting hat on, right? <laughs> so um, so from the moment the Jets started to look like a respectable, bad football team, you start to look at this kid. And I just think I love his personality. It, like it's a, it's Manziel, but refined in like a lot of different ways. And um, I'm really interested to see what he measures at because I know they've, I think they've listed him at six, three, which just sounds hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like that's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we're going to have a combine or not, but like, if he does that, I, I think I've got to like cut up my shirt with a fork and knife and eat it on like a Twitch <laughs> or something. So, um, but as in terms of his game, it's amazing. What's, what's fascinating though, is, is like the comparables to Joe Burrow in terms of like, it just all came together. Like this just kind of yeah. clicked. You go back and you remember watching him a year or two ago and you look at his numbers and then to kind of transform is amazing. What, what I think is now become normal is like, I think that used to be a knock, right, Matt? Like you'd, you'd yeah, get a oh, guy yeah. like that would all of a sudden get it. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, is he going to do this? And now we're just kind of like, Oh, he figured it out. So um, I think he's been a, a joy to watch. And like, if you were to ask me right now as a Jets fan, would I rather have him or fields or uh, give me him like trade Darnold? 
I'll invest in that personality. I'll invest in the talent. And I just, you know, that is like, to me, what college football is, is a dude like that. Who's just on the perfect, like walking the line of arrogant. That is probably going to annoy you if you're not on his team. And I'd love to have that. Like I will support that hundred percent as a Jets fan. Before Paige jumps in, I have to ask, that sounds a lot like Baker Mayfield. Do you think yeah. that's comparable? I do. And, and I, I mean, like it's, he just looks it too, right? Baker kind of has embraced it and then cooled it down, but he just looks it. And yet there's just this natural swagger. So I, I think if you can manage that appropriately, it is like incredibly valuable. And um, I'm, I'm just curious to see what direction it is, what coach you pair him up with, but because I mean, Matt, they got to draft a QB, right? Like they have to draft a QB based on contracts and everything else. They should have to, but it's the Jets. Oh, no. Like, Jets. like you said, I mean, oh. we, we need to get into this uh, on a longer time Fears. period. But, uh, Darnold's contract makes it seem like he's going to get expensive. So it does seem like they should draft a quarterback at two. Yes, I okay. agree with that. All right, I feel better then. Yes, but but in any event, yeah, I think I think he does have a little bit of that. And, and I, I mean, just watching him throw, just everything about him is – really easy on the like that central florida game was probably the most dominant performance of the bowl season and there's been some great ones so uh yeah. is central florida going to be the deciding factor for nfl scouts you would know better than i but i think that was certainly eye-opening for a lot of people yeah i um i sort of had a little bit of a cheat sheet here because i did know that kramer was pretty high on zach wilson and i did not know though go. that he would put him over justin field so i was very curious to hear your answer on that especially with the jets obviously losing out on trevor lawrence and what they would do next who do you want to coach there if you had to, your pick, um, I I'd love Dayball, but I don't think he's going to go there. Like I, if I'm him, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to go to San Diego. I'm going to, I, I just think what he's done with that offense and Josh Allen and Diggs is super appealing. And I know they interviewed him and that's great, but uh, that's a guy that I, we, I mean, I page, I remember talking to you with talking with him at Alabama and he was kind of his profile at Alabama was not certainly not what it is now. It kind of had a love-hate thing with the fans, but I remember having a conversation with him, super down-to-earth, very insightful, obviously enormous success as an assistant, but then to watch what he's done with, with Allen, who all of a sudden is like looks like the MVP and looks like a guy that's just going to be torturing my football team for like a decade – I, I'll just, I'll invest in that. I'll take a crack on that. So, you know, the knock on him in college, you know, can he recruit? Does he care about, who cares? Like okay. get hit, get a young quarterback, saddle him with someone like this. Uh, I think it would be great. I don't think I, if I'm him, I probably don't take that job quite frankly. Yeah. So Badly. speaking of, sorry to cut uh, before mellow, but I just wanted to ask you too, thinking about guys that like didn't love recruiting that made the NFL jump as soon as they could. What do you think about Joe Brady's name being brought up for head coach conversations? I remember talking to one of his friends and it was last year. And it was like when he's getting rumored for OC jobs, like it's a guy that he's known forever and talking to his buddy, who's just like, this, this doesn't feel real. And I know we're getting it like we're fast tracking all of this stuff now. So a guy that goes from like a passing game coordinator to NFL head coach in a matter of, I don't know, 12 or 13 months, like it, it maybe it, it's still not normal. I, I think the importance of finding a guy that can do that just speaks volumes to it. So yeah, you're right. Another guy that just hated recruiting and wanted to get out. And yet when you look at just where the failures are for a lot of teams, my team, the Jets, in terms of grooming and making sure young quarterback is healthy, you put him in, or young, young quarterback is right, healthy, can play, all those things. You, you get him surrounding, you know, experienced coordinators and it would work. So it's still a little surprising. I think he's still probably a year or two away just based off of grooming and seasoning and time, but I get it. And I'm, I'm so desperate to get a young quarterback help that throw him in there, let him do his thing. And, you know, LSU is still trying to find the magic in the bottle, hiring anybody that's like touched his forearm over the last yeah. five years. Right. So exactly. it, there's a reason for that. So I, I get it. And yet it's still a little bit surprising. Adam. How come Matt Campbell won't interview with the Jets? Because it's Two the Jets. <laughs> I, I wanted to bring that up, but didn't want to bring that up. So it's, it's the Jets. But like, I, that's an interesting guy. And from what I've heard, I, I do think he's genuinely happy, but he can all, it, it, he's in a beautiful position 
where he's going to keep getting raises. I didn't see anything official announced, but I know he tweeted that he's in it for a long haul and blah, blah, blah today. I'm assuming that's more money. You don't tweet that just like naturally. I don't think that usually means like, wow, I just got a million more dollars. Um, But so he keeps winning expectations are, are still going to be sane. Although next year they're going to be enormous with what they're getting back. They're probably going to be a top, top seven, eight team to start the season. They should be, Um, but that's okay. And if he wins seven or eight games, like two or three years in a row, teams are going to still want him. It it reminds me a little bit of like David Shaw. And I think that ship has sailed, but like David Shaw, and there may still be teams interested in David Shaw just had like this window of four to six years where it was like, they're going to try and talk to Shaw. And he said, no, so I, I think he's happy and I think he's just going to keep getting enormous amounts of wealth. And I do think he'll go when, when the time is right. It's just right now he's like, hey, I'm returning my quarterback. I'm returning a Heisman contender at, at running back. My all world tight end, a guy that Matt, you and I have talked about, decided he's coming back. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. So ride it out. And then when you it's time to go, it's time to go. But yeah, maybe it's. You know, if I'm him, I, I don't take the Jets job. I, I keep going. Iowa State is investing in him. He seems genuinely happy where it is, which is unusual, but it's a good situation. And Adam, not only are you known for college football, and obviously you have a, a gigantic role with, uh, I just went Golden Tee. I just went yeah. completely blank with Golden Tee. Right uh, there. there we go. <laughs> but I actually think you are probably best known for pictures of your lawn. And I say this as a guy who... I have like an acre and my yard looks like shit right now. Some of that's just living in Missouri. Some of it's the the weather here. But I know that just as a dad and as a man, like there's some pride that goes into your yard and yours looks like Wrigley Field, like the outfield. So uh, any tips for those of us morons who are trying to get on your level? I appreciate that. And look, you got an acre. So that's, that's a different, that's a different animal, a right? Like the, that's is. A, that is a farm. So you've got, yeah. you've got, but that's a riding mower beer situation. That sounds absolutely incredible unless you get somebody <laughs> to do it, which is also a good thing. So here, here's my secret is Melorganite, which is, you know, it's cow turds. Like that's what it is. But Melorganite, a friend of mine told me, you know, put this on your yard four times Write a year. <laughs> Melorganite. It's, it's actually getting harder to find. So, you know, you put it on your lawn. Uh, what is the first application? It's Memorial Day, it's 4th of July, it's Labor Day, and it's, it's Halloween. What's amazing, my neighbor and I, and he's, he's probably even crazier about it than I am across the street. So we have some good, we have some good battles. Um, you can see the defined cutoff between your neighbors of where the Melorganite starts and stops because it greens the thing up. So it's like a PD. So that's one trick. And then the other thing is a lawn stripe. So you can have a good looking lawn but until you stripe that thing, what I mean by a striper, right? You just attach something basically to the back of your mower. It's a, a roller with like sand or water in it. And that's how you get the patterns. That's another PED. Lawn striper, right? <laughs> I had no that's, idea. So that's it. So so Toro makes one. It's like 90 by nine bucks. I, the fact that I don't have a Toro sponsorship actually pisses me off. <laughs> no because joke. like of all the my all my vices, they should be in. Lawn striper. Melorganite, your, your lawn will be changed in three to four months. That's, I guarantee you, you something we're going to do for you this spring and summer, we're going to ship you some Boulevard uh, unfiltered <laughs> wheat cans. I need oh, I man. need to see you out on that mower. With <laughs> I, I will Boulevard get it. Wheat it's, cans. it's harder. It's harder to, you know, with the push now with the, uh, I need like a helmet carrying a kid sometimes, which is exhausting, but I do love my lawn. Like the one thing the pandemic provided me was like less time on airplanes, which is great. Yes. And more time with my lawn and my kids, but my lawn for oh, sure gave me priority. time to like get out there and, you know, like measure that thing. Like it's Augusta with like a ruler and everything. So I appreciate it. I, I genuinely enjoy hearing that stuff. Yeah. Before we uh, let you go, there is one more thing you're pretty famous for on Twitter and it's um, assessing how many beers a task is assigned. Um, do you remember where that started? I, uh, I want to say like a year ago, over the time, like I would have a, like, a, I remember, I think I got a kitchen for my daughter. It was like this huge kitchen. It was like a 300 screws. It was insane. Right. And I think I mentioned like, you know, wondering how many beers this is going to take. And then I think every once in a while, someone would send me like, how did I do have this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and yeah. so it's become, I actually need to like get merch on it. Like the, how many beers merch, um, which is, which is kind of in progress, but I'm lazy. Uh, so I, it's, it's just sort of morphed and grew over time. And now like every day I wake up, I feel like there's a good one. Like somebody the other day was like redoing their entire first floor 
He's like, how many beers? It's like, buddy, this is a a month of beers. This is a a prolonged amount of beers. This is you are you've got you're going to be dead if that's the case. So I I think Twitter is is terrible in many ways and amazing in others. And and for people to rally around something so simple and stupid is fun. Like that is more so than sports or anything like that. Like seeing what people are doing and how many beers they're trying to plan out to do it is uh, it brings me great joy. Have you ever done a basketball goal and tried to put one of those together? Uh, no, no. I, I just did a desk <laughs> the other night and it was six beers and it was not a big desk. It was um, so I am not handy. Um, I Same. so everything that I do, like I redid a, a gutter in my backyard, my dad, and that was a collective, you know, 14 to yep. 15 beers. And it's not hard. It's so, been there before. So, too. so my yeah. thing with how many beers is like I can take a very simple task that someone handy could do in probably five minutes and rip a six pack through it. I mean, that's, I'm, that's not a brag. It's because right. I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm doing. Basketball goal took me and my dad about four hours and I oh, played I, basketball. I thought like, Oh, this is going to be easy. I just need somebody to hold some parts while I'm 10 feet in the air. Three hours later, four hours later. I mean, it would have been easily 15 beers. I, I remember doing the uh, net, like the new net on my trampoline. That was yeah. a shocking amount of beers. Should have been that bad. Yeah. yeah. That was, horrific that was like one of these i'm throwing this thing in my neighbor's yard and we're done with the trampoline moments but i got it up and i was intoxicated afterwards so by the end it was it yeah. worked out for everybody. mine was putting a, an above ground pool in and in joplin oh, like it's all rocky yards and i live on a hill right so we had to like get a fucking excavator and like dig down and like get a nice 18 foot level pad for this motherfucking pool finally get it up and i I swear to God, I should have drank 20 beers. I would have probably been in a better mood because the uh, the above ground pool. I, I know somebody who just did that pandemic decision and they had the same thought of I've made a huge mistake. Um, I, yep. I, Definitely. Yeah, I don't. I, that's above my pay grade like that. Like most stuff is the, the trampoline right. net is where it starts and stops. <laughs> I get oh, it. my uh, God. We do have to ask you, though. There is something pretty big happening. Uh, it's Monday morning when this podcast comes out tonight. We've made it. We actually got here. Yeah. National championship game. Uh, what are your title game thoughts and predictions? I just think that, I mean, Ohio State's game plan against Clemson was awesome. And two things stand out, though. I watched that game again. You know, Travis Etienne getting banged up really kind of flipped that game around because um, he was on the edge and he was yep. running free. They were passing. And then Trevor missed that wide open tight end, which is probably seven. And it would have been 14 nothing, and I wonder how it changes, right? It's weird how a game flips like that. So can Ohio State generate enough pressure to make Mac Jones uncomfortable? Because if they don't, that Ohio State secondary is screwed. I mean, screwed. Like, that that Wade performance, rough. I I don't know what your draft grade is on him, Matt, but I'm I'm assuming it took a seismic hit after watching him just not do very well. So I I just don't see them – I, I just think that's going to be hard to duplicate against a much better offensive line. And then I think with fields, like we don't know what we're going to get. People I've talked to said he should be okay. Like that. He's like legitimately, they think he's going to be fine, but that sounds great until a 290 pound block of man lands on you. Till Will Anderson lights your ass up. Yeah. 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 Until, and then, and then that changes. So I'm he'll be well medicated. Um, God bless him for it. I'm sure. And uh, I want him to play well. Like that performance was amazing. Uh, like awesome. Yeah. I just think, I think Bama's just got the goods. I just think they've got it. I think they're too good, too explosive. Uh, the Waddle stuff is fascinating, of course. So, so just as someone like purely that in, is interested to see what happens there, and that's not going to, I don't think, dictate the game one way or another, but can we see this dude one more time before he makes millions of dollars to play football? I'd, I'd love it. And if not, that's fine too. So I just think Bama is better in many respects. And you throw certain on one of those wide receivers, pick your, pick your battles because they're good. And that sort of eliminates them in some ways. I just think, you know, schematically, Alabama has a lot of advantages in this game. So that's a win and a cover, by the way. And I like the end. <laughs> so to get into the important stuff, I like right. Alabama to win. I like them to cover. And uh, I don't think it'll be as high scoring. I, I think both teams are probably going to want to sit on the ball. I, I, I would. I mean, this, should be, this may be a yeah. Trey Sermon, Najee Harris game, frankly, where both of those guys are doing really ridiculous things. Both have, have just been on fire here of late. Yeah, I hope Najee goes off because if they target <clears throat> the wide receivers, that's who they're going to go to. That's the shitty part about going against Alabama. It's like if you you pick one thing to defend well, it's just going to it, it crumbles. But right. 
Yeah, no, thank you, Adam, for uh, coming and hanging out with us. We'll definitely have you around more. And I'm sure I will talk to you uh, later about something that we yeah. have to work on. But we appreciate you hanging out with us during wild card, super wild card weekend, too, as well. Yeah, that's right. We got to write about this. It's going to be a late night. Speaking of beers, there's always a postseason beer celebration. I've got a double IPA that's like 10 and a half percent that I've been saving for this moment. I will not drink it. Until like there's 300 words left, then I'll start drinking. I swear, I have to keep it together here. I forgot you. You're, you say you're that gonna look at that. On the call, but oh, right. totally. yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I've got some five and a half IPAs that are in play. I mean, that's like that's fine. The ten and a half or though we'll we'll wait on. So I'll stay uh, sober and make sure it's all good. But <laughs> yes, thank you. Much. No, I really appreciate it. Lo- lo- love what you guys are doing. It's it's awesome to see it's just a mix of of just personalities and cool stuff coming together so i'd love to join you guys anytime you got it man yeah anytime you want all right i'll take you up on that sure <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we're just every day gonna have a zoom call to talk about football it's right. fine i'll review beers i'll review lawns whatever you guys need i'm here for but no thanks again guys and uh re- really appreciate it yeah thank thanks, you for Kramer. hanging out we'll talk to you later all right guys bye adam All right. Thanks to Adam Kramer for stopping by. He is, uh, without a doubt, the best, uh, one of our favorite people. And there's a night in Tuscaloosa uh, that will, or in Birmingham, actually, that I will never forget at a a great establishment. No free advertising. Not going to say the name, but we had fun. I won't say the name either, but they were so good slash bad at their job that they would be like, can I get you another beer? Like, "Uh, yeah, sure. This one's almost gone. Go ahead and bring me another one. And then they would wait so long like it took so long to pour the beer they'd be like oh do you need another beer I was like yeah still waiting yep. and then they would come back with two beers like oh my i guess this is the kind of night we're getting into yeah so yeah. good night slash bad night not to Very brag or night. anything but i got to spend a trip in new orleans with adam kramer so that was Whoa. pretty epic i know and not to brag to tell about humble brag uh <laughs> we will that we I I will say I was uh, was on the road this this weekend and I said oh I need to start thinking about tailgate tour need to get that schedule in front of Mellow and Page figure this thing out so I'm sure we will have beers with Adam Kramer very very soon uh, yep. look forward to that but there is a game tonight where we will all be watching and probably partaking in some beers of our own Ohio State against Alabama Crimson Tide favored by eight and a half points you heard Kramer he's taking the spread on that one uh, let's just go right into this thing winner prediction i am not going to pick against alabama they have the best offensive player in the country devonta smith they have the best running back in the country Najee harris they have the best offensive line in the country the quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over i don't even care if they have Jalen waddle back if they do you probably just put more points on the board but also defensively i do think with patrick sertan uh, with guys like will anderson with uh bill moses like they have they have someone at every position that matches up against Ohio State. And I even think Christian Barmore up front is going to give the Ohio State interior offensive line. I mean, he's, he's an anchor. He's a lot to handle. I think Alabama just checks every box. There is not a position group that Ohio State is better at than Alabama. Not, not one. And that's, I love the Ohio State linebackers. Alabama's linebackers are better. You just don't know their names yet. Well, and there's so many of them. I mean, guys like Will Anderson, uh, Dylan Moses, and then the guys that play behind him was Christian Harris, I think yes. is his name, Shane Lee. Uh, there's a lot there. I'm going Alabama, too. I rocked the hoodie for a reason today. I Like you said, like we saw, well, we heard Adam Kramer say, Alabama's just too much this year. I, I don't know that there's a team in the nation that could have beaten them, even Tennessee or you know anybody. Uh, Cincinnati, I know a lot of people want that to happen. <laughs> Texas A&M. Uh, Alabama's just too damn good this year, so that's who I'm taking, too. Yeah, I'm also taking Alabama. None of us are feeling dangerous, but I think honestly, like Ohio State would have to play perfect on both sides of the ball. And like we also know too that Nick Saban, if like they get ahead, they're going to keep going. It's going to be full steam ahead. Like once they figure out what Alabama is doing one way, they have somebody else to to handle business um, a different way on offense. So like the, it, it, I just don't see any hope for for Ohio State. I think it'll be relatively competitive, but um, I I don't see it coming out Ohio State's way. This was not on the rundown, but I want to ask because I think a lot of our listeners want to know this question. What do you expect from Justin Fields tonight? Because uh, is it going to be Northwestern or Indiana? Is it going to be Clemson? I think it's more Northwestern than it is Clemson. Much more Northwestern than it is Clemson. And again, not to just like steal what Kramer was saying, but it's really easy to play good and, you know, have that plan ready until you get hit. 
And then those ribs, that hip start to feel it a little bit more. And then you realize that you can't really slow down this Alabama defense. And if you're a little bit late, you have a guy like Patrick Sertan back there and some really good, talented freshmen as well that can catch the ball and can create turnovers. I think he's in for a rough night. I think it's going to be, like, if you have to go one extreme to the other, it's going to be more Indiana than it is you know, Clemson. So I don't know because I would I would say I disagree with you guys because I do think it'll be more like Clemson because he did get hurt before half in the Clemson game. And when the end of that half, he didn't look great and it looked like that was affecting him. But when he came back, he looked fine. You know what I mean? He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yes. Have those shots ready. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think he's going to be okay because he's going to be fully prepared. Do I think if he gets a hit or two, it's going to like stop him from maybe running a little bit more and things like that? Yes. But I I honestly think that we see somewhat of that performance again, just based on what we know of like tr- him it, from um, high school through recruiting from Georgia to now, like all of those things. Like I think one, this is a huge performance for him and a huge opportunity for him. And I do think he's going to capitalize on it. So my thing, it's not so much the injury, it's the level of competition. And because, listen, Clemson's defense is not good. I, I know there's this perception that, oh, it's Clemson, their defense is good. It's not. And especially with uh, what Turner was banging up at safety, Skalski got out at half with the targeting. That defense is not that good. So that's where I think the difference is. It's not, is he healthy or not? Because drugs are wonderful. He's going to be okay as far as that goes. But it's more the it, Alabama forcing him to make decisions uh, he, he holds the ball a long, long time in the pocket. He doesn't throw guys open. I think Nick Saban capitalizes on that, and Alabama has the athletes to... Justin Fields doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. We've saw him do it twice, Indiana Northwestern. I think you steal that playbook a little bit, but now you do it with better athletes. To me, that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, just look at what Pat Fitzgerald drew up. Try to use some of that in your game plan. I yeah. still think that he's a good enough player that he's going to shine in the big moment. He's going to be able to come through and and do enough for his team. But I, I think the most important player on that Ohio State team is going to be Trey Sermon. Whenever he gets involved yep. in that offense and he gets going, that looks like one of the best offenses in the nation. And it seemed like in that Clemson game, they waited a little bit to get him going. But once he did. Same I mean, in the Northwestern game. Exactly. Like yep. He just he kind of takes over the game. He's and, amazing. Yeah. So I think that you have to try to find a way to get him involved early and that's also really going to help out justin fields if you can get some screen passes some draws or just get him going in the running game which is going to be very difficult then maybe justin fields will be able to you know get those five touchdown passes like we saw against clemson yeah i'm not one to usually plug other um writers and and uh outlets but um Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated Ross wrote a story. Yeah. yeah, he wrote a really great story on Sermon. And if you have a chance to read it, please go read it because it is a lot of detail about his life. And I just mm-hmm. think those are also so fascinating um, to kind of see what he's dealt with growing up and, and through um, getting to Ohio State. Yeah, the injuries at Oklahoma, not to mention, you know, the upbringing. Uh, so let's go over under on this. 75 and a half is the line as of Sunday night. I'm going to go crazy. I think uh, over, and I'll go ahead and give you my score prediction because I know you're going to want to know that too. 47-30. I think Alabama wins this one pretty easily. Uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game because I think Nick Saban wants to just put the foot on the throat a little bit and remind people we are Alabama. We want to win this game. There's not going to be the sportsmanship of, oh, we're up. Let's put the backups in. Nope. Nick Saban wants to definitively win this ball game. I got Bama 47-30, so covering the spread and hitting over on the uh, point total. I could not believe they set this game at 75 and a half. That's I mean, absolutely crazy. I'm taking the under, but it's I'm just under. I'm going 43 to 30. Alabama wins this thing. Like you say with Nick Saban, I think he's got a little something to prove. This might actually be the first national championship game where I'm rooting for Alabama. I don't know that that's ever happened for Wear a Bama hoodie, buddy. Exactly. But usually like in the past, I've gone for like Clemson. I think I was going for Georgia. Like in recent history, I haven't cheered for Alabama. So roll tide tonight. Yeah. Well, and you're also super excited for the gift they're giving Texas. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's super exciting. I also definitely grappled with taking the over. Um, I picked the under um, just because I do think that both defenses are pretty decent if they play how consistent they have been for the last, I would say, three games. I did want to mention, Matt, I know we talked about health a little bit, but I do think the Alabama defense was the biggest question for this team, and they have shown that people can score on them if they get going. So that was the only thing that I was hesitant, but my score prediction is 38 to 21. Oh, going low, mm-hmm. going real low on this one. Doesn't that it's a national like championship. Crazy high though. Like, they only scored thirty-one points on Notre Dame. 
Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they let Notre Dame score 14. So, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but it'll be fun. I know that it'll be fun. All right. How about MVP? There are a lot of players to choose from. This game is loaded with talent. I'm just going to ride the hot hand. Devonta Smith, uh, by the way, take the easy way. He's going to have Sean Wade guarding him. That's why. And I know everybody's like, oh, maybe Sean Wade has a good game. Yep. Maybe my hair. Not everybody just page. <laughs> no, a lot of people on Twitter are doing the same thing. It's not going to happen. Okay, well, I think Devonte has me, three so touchdowns. He's just going to dominate. Sorry, Sean Wade. Uh, Hell of a career out at Ohio State, though. Yeah, I'm going with Najee Harris. And I think that the COVID concerns at Ohio State, I think they were real. And I think they really hit that defensive line. I don't know how they're going to recover. And you're going to have to recover very quickly and go against the best offensive line in the country. By the way, they have Najee Harris running behind them. So I know a lot of people, you know, rightfully so, want to talk about Devonta Smith and the Heisman. But I think Najee's still going to go off. Right, we're going to see like a three-touchdown performance from this guy, maybe I'll predict two rushing, one receiving for Najee. I think he gets his his swan song there in Alabama. See, I want Najee to win MVP, absolutely. But I think it's going to go to Mac Jones because I think ultimately, like he didn't win the Heisman. He was in the conversation oh. all year all year long. And um, it kind of just got like taken out from underneath him sort of later in the year when after Waddle mm. went down and Devontae became like the, the guy. Um but I think he he's going to set it up for both of those guys. So I think uh, Mac is going to end up winning that. And, you know, also Jalen Waddle is probably going to be back. He's going to take a, at least a little bit of attention off of yeah. Devonta Smith and, and maybe even Najee Harris, too. So we could see that offense really tick. I think that's what we're all kind of thinking will happen. And mm -hmm. then Mac Jones could you know, be the guy that just outshines because he's distributing the ball so equally to everyone else. He's going to have like a 17 of 18 for four touchdowns kind of night, yeah. you know, like 275 yards, right? <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me at all. Okay, that is our show. Uh, enjoy the national championship game tonight. Don't forget, we're back on Friday and I'll have a lot to break down. Uh, it's pretty much draft season. So Friday, I don't know, maybe we dust off a little mock draft or something. We're going to have some fun with it. I know that as we get ready for Mobile and the 2021 Senior Bowl, uh, don't forget to come meet us uh, at Draft Picks Tap Room on Tuesday and Wednesday evenings, 7.30 p.m. We would love to see you there. Thank you to Adam Kramer. Thank you to our wonderful sponsors, The Screen State On, Boulevard, Mid-America RV. We love you guys. Peace.